on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. It's allowed us to turn things around very quickly. Instead of waiting weeks, uh, sometimes even a month or more on certain documents that they file, we can get back to them instantly. As Iowa business and industry changes, so too does the way the Iowa Secretary of State's office connects with those businesses. We'll explain. The political spotlight is on Iowa, but how does that translate to dollars for our state's economy? And in our profile segment, we'll tell you about a family-owned company that sells its products in more than 80 foreign countries and holds more than 80 U.S. patents. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of February 2020. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry has been the voice of Iowa business since 1903. Learn more online at iowaabi.org. Here is Jeff Stein. Most folks who start or run businesses like the challenge of connecting with customers, providing a good product or service, and creating a positive work environment. They don't like dealing with government paperwork. The Iowa Secretary of State's office is in charge of that paperwork for business entities. And as a small business owner himself, Secretary of State Paul Pate says he understands and is working to make things more efficient. We are a portal for small business. Uh, We touch in some way or another almost every business. uh, When you go to create one, the incorporation process, uh, if you're looking at registering trademarks, uh, many uh, special companies like travel agencies go through our office. There's a a whole litany, if you will, but it's also an opportunity for us to guide them to other agencies. Uh, We try to make sure our website has some of those types of tips to get them where they need to go. We've tried to be more of an advocate for small business and identifying what kind of hurdles we can uh, work with other state agencies to try to make more manageable. Uh, Those are all pieces of it. And I'm really pleased to say Iowa's economy is really robust. We've seen record numbers of new businesses being organized in this state, uh, whether it be the uh, our, our various UCC filings are up now as well, showing economic growth. These are all good indicators. Uh, I don't need to go to the Wall Street Journal. I can tell you right here now, uh, I've seen what's happening in Iowa. So we work on that every single day. The ability to serve business in a very different way, to make it more efficient, the Internet age has really changed how we do that, hasn't it? It is amazing. Uh, you know, we, unfortunately, we were killing off far too many trees in the old days. Uh, now it's, it's right at your fingertips, you know, with fast-track filings, with 24-hour access. Uh, we truly are working at the speed of business, not government. So if you need something at 2 in the morning, you can access it through our websites. Uh, you want to file documents, you can do that anytime it works for you. And that fits what most entrepreneurs are. Most entrepreneurs are busy from 7 in the morning until late hours running their business, uh, and then they have to still deal with administrative tasks, and those are done quite commonly on weekends or after hours. So we, we're there for them in that sense. It's allowed us to turn things around very quickly. Instead of waiting weeks, uh, sometimes even a month or more on certain documents that they file, we can get back to them instantly. Uh, and I think that's a big step forward. And I'm pleased to say that compared to other states, uh, we're very cost efficient. We, we, we aren't gouging. We don't charge for access to our website like Minnesota does and some others. Uh, I think we're there to be of service to the small businesses of Iowa. 
We're talking about how this may help business, but it seems to me this helps consumers an awful lot too because the information you have available allows someone to check ownership records, whether they're in good standing, a variety of things. So realistically, if I'm someone who is considering doing business mm -hmm. with an entity, it might not be a bad idea to see how they rate and if they're in good standing with you. Well, certainly. It's a lot of transparency. That's what this offers. Uh, you don't have to drive all the way to Des Moines, put a request in for some information. Uh, so much of it is right there at your fingertips. Uh, if you have some basic knowledge of what you're looking for, yes, you can find out and, and ascertain, uh, you know, who am I doing business with? Are they a real Iowa company? Are they in good standing? Uh, so that you know you're dealing with something reputable. Uh, you also have opportunities to learn more about the business that you, know, you didn't know before. Uh, those are all tools, and uh, I think they've been very beneficial. Uh, you don't have that everywhere. I mean, I keep saying, coming back to that, you look at the states around us, and they uh, don't have all that information. And if they do, they charge for it. And it gets to be an old thing. You know, I mean, seriously, I pay taxes. Why do I have to pay extra to access information you already charge somebody for to put online to begin with? So I, I'm very pleased that we're able to do that. Again, the end game is we want to have customer service so that when people, they want to call, they can. If they want to do it online, they can. Uh, they want to do it through the mail, they can. They have all those options. But the point is, is we're there to service them in such a fashion that they get service quickly and efficiently. And that's not a sales pitch. That's, that's the business person in me saying government can do that. Fast track filing. This is something that you started on a limited basis, but now the exciting news is this is really expanding. Talk about that, please. Well, when I came back into the office, I, I kept saying to myself, with all this new technology, why are we still doing paper? You know, we're asking people to send this paper to us, which means we have to open it, read it, stamp it, process it, put it through a bunch of hurdles and steps, which just takes time, frankly, uh, when we have all these things available to us through the computer age. And so the fast track was logical, and we started that out with uh, incorporations. You know, this was a big step. Uh, we've now keep expanding it to every level of our services, and, and now we're doing the biennial reports. And I, I'm going to pat myself on the back and tell you that during my first term as a secretary, we used to do those as annual reports. Every single year, you would send your $30 or whatever the fee is to the state to tell us, yep, we're still here, and this is our contact name. Well, it took the Secretary of State's office a long time to process all those, frankly, back in those days, because it wasn't online. And when I came back in, I said, this is ridiculous. Let's go to biennial. And so that reduces the cost, means you don't have to file it all the time. So we've gone to that. Well, now we've gone a step better. Now we're saying, you don't have to do this through the mail. We can handle this all right online at your leisure do your biennial report, and if you've changed something, maybe you've changed the office address or your business or your contact name, you do that in the update. Otherwise, it's real quick and simple. So that everything that touches this office, our goal is to have it online and fast tracking it so you can do it and have the results instantly. It seems to me most people, especially small business, but it doesn't have to be, and you can define small business in a variety of ways, you really only have time to take care of your business because, as you mentioned, you're at it by 7 in the morning. You're there well after sunset. And the last thing you want to face is a pile of paperwork or yet another, in your mind, government report. And so this takes a lot of the, the mystery out of it, and it, again, makes it approachable is the word that keeps coming to my mind. Well, most certainly, and I think it, in, in, in perhaps approachable or manageable, I think uh, when you own a small business, 
you have a dream, you have inspiration that you're going out and you're trying to, to put this business uh, on track so it's successful. And the government should not be a hurdle. It should not be the one who stops you. You've got enough challenges with you know, the marketplace and, and financing and other things that go along with being a business person. So if there's anything I can do as a, maybe an ombudsman for business uh, or just coming from my background owning my own business, I want to do that to help them navigate government. It's that old line, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Uh, we all chuckle, uh, but I'd like to try to put a little better spin on that and maybe perhaps do that. Uh, I affectionately say, you know, we, we're the guys that wear the white hat. We, we're not out there to hurt you and make your job harder. So if, when they have suggestions, I try to uh, champion them. And this is one of them. Fast track filing is one. Uh, and some of these others, there are things that are necessary to assure consumers that these businesses are real. It's a protection for the small business. Sometimes they don't think of it that way. It's like, oh, there you go. I got to file another piece of paper. It is really there so that the consumer knows who the business really is. Because if you're calling yourself XYZ template company, well, who the heck is XYZ? You know, it's not like saying this is Paul Pate's uh, carpentry store. Uh, so we need to have that component still. And but we got to do it in a manageable way. Iowa Secretary of State Paul Pate. Expanded fast-track filing was announced just this past week. More information is on their website, sos.iowa.gov. And there's more of the conversation with Secretary Pate. You'll find it as one of our IBR Extra podcasts. Still to come, the economic benefit of the Iowa caucuses. And you'll hear about an Iowa business that rewards employee loyalty and dedication. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Iowa becomes the center of the political universe every four years, thanks to our first-in-the-nation presidential precinct caucuses. We know of their value to the political process, but what's the economic value to Iowans? Greg Edwards is president and CEO of Catch Des Moines, the Greater Des Moines Convention and Visitors Bureau. He says computing true economic value to the state is difficult, but he does have a good handle on value to Iowa's capital city. We feel very strongly about these numbers because we can input, again, number of hotel stays, number of people in town, things like that. And we're projecting just for the caucus week alone, it'll generate $11.3 million in economic impact. Now put that number into context because Des Moines has been very aggressive about recruiting NCAA basketball weekends and packages as part of the tournament. How does a caucus week compare with one of those weeks? Yeah, actually, you know, caucus is is going to bring in a few more dollars because Number one, it's a longer stay. I mean, most of the media this week are probably coming in Tuesday, Wednesday nights, and they're going to stay here till the following Tuesday, so six, seven-night stays. Where, you know, an NCAA basketball tournament, you're going to have a two- to three-night stay. Um, any of the other major conventions we do here and other sporting events and things, that's pretty much the norm, too, probably a three-night stay. So, you know, it's a longer stay. These folks are, you know, again, from all over the country and all over the world, 
and some are from the major cities and and major um, media outlets and things like that. So they um, are maybe not particularly as as cautious about their spending. So you know they're dining uh, uh, places they want to dine and staying in hotels they want to stay at and, and all those good kinds of things. When we think of economic impact of tourism, obviously we think of these things such as restaurants, hotels, and maybe some downtown shops simply because the venues are often downtown. Are there some other things that go into the computation, other businesses that benefit directly that we may not think of on the surface? Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you sit down and think about economic impact in the tourism world, and I... I go way back. I've been in this industry a long time. And we used to say things like, well, that dollar will turn over five to eight times in a community. And we had all these different kind of calculations and scenarios. But but really, you think about it, um, just think about your own family taking, taking a vacation. So you spend the night in a hotel. You're going to eat in restaurants. You're going to stop for gasoline. You're going to stop at convenience stores and buy things. You're even possibly, when you get to your destination, going to go to a grocery store and stock up even more. You may go to a liquor store or something like that. You're then going to spend your money on entertainment. Entertainment may be movie, a bowling, a major attraction, on and on and on. And then, you you know, and, and the dollar goes so many different places. Then you stop and think, well, how many people does that affect? You know, where you're spending these money then, these are, for the most part, small business owners. So then they are re-spending those dollars on other things. They're hiring employees. They're using a local bank to put their money in. You know, all of those different scenarios. So, so it makes quite a huge uh, puzzle to the whole picture. Greg Edwards of Catch Des Moines. More information about tourism in Iowa's capital city can be found online at catchdemoine.com. Up next, we'll introduce you to the folks who make the storage bins for Iowa's bumper crops. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, helping develop the next generation of business leaders through Leadership Iowa, Business Horizons, and Leadership Iowa University. To learn more, go to iowaabi.org. In this week's profile segment, we'll meet Charles Sukup, whose father started a company in Sheffield nearly 60 years ago. You've no doubt seen their name as you drive along the Iowa rural landscape. We make grain bins, grain dryers, uh, storage. Our mission is to protect and preserve grain and the equipment that goes in it, as well as steel buildings and the safety homes for Haiti and uh, uh, alternative housing for those that are the poorest uh, people there. And uh, the biggest problem is uh, getting people, manpower, and the one thing you see, you know, there's been attempts in the past at, uh, well, we should raise the minimum wage. Well, this is a far better way. You have uh, signs up at grocery stores is starting at $11 per hour. You have advertisements considerably higher. We're hiring at a higher rate than that. That's the best way to raise wages for everybody. Talk about the state of what we generally call manufacturing in Iowa. Is this a good climate? 
whether we're talking about where we're located in the country, whether we're talking about the uh, tax situation, workforce. Is this a good place for manufacturing? Yes, it is. And Iowa has worked hard, especially during the last couple years in the legislative session, to uh, make it stronger for manufacturing, uh, growing employees in that. We have some people that love uh, employees, but uh, seem to dislike employers. And uh, you got to have both and make it successful for the employers so they can hire more employees. Talk about what it takes as a business owner to ride these storms out where so much of it, you can control only what you can control from point A to point B, but there are all these other factors. So what does it take to keep a robust business going for all these people who rely on you for livelihood? Well, number one, you have to have the best people, good people. We have great people. We're located at Sheffield, Iowa, a town of 1,200 people. And right now, last payroll was a little over 700 uh, people there. Our offices look out on the cornfields, keeping close in touch with our customers and what they need. Right now, agriculture has been tough, but the one area uh, the farmers can make money and make a profit is by storing grain, uh, by having grain bins, grain storage, and catch those peaks in the market that we saw a few weeks ago uh, that make the difference between profit and loss. And that's one of the tricky things. You might sell out of the field because then you're not paying a storage fee if you're paying for either your own bin or, or storage but it might be at a lower price. Well, and, and you've nearly got to... all the time, it the crops reach a low price because of the glut yeah. of product that's right. available. Right. Classic slop supply and demand. When we talk about agriculture, obviously there are many people in Iowa who, in their mind, they think, well, I have nothing to do with agriculture. I don't live on a farm. I work in the city. But the reality is it's agribusiness, and we are all interrelated. And, for example, if... The farmers aren't doing well. They're not expanding. They're not buying your bins. And if your business doesn't do well, what I'm doing here or anyone else doesn't do well. There is an interdependency that truly requires a sense of cooperation. Absolutely. And it's so critical for rural area, which has been depleted by our youth leaving and uh, providing. Now there's a real opportunity, uh, high-paying jobs, uh, challenging jobs, needing skilled jobs. So we need computer numeric control operators, programmers, the designers, engineers. Uh, we've been hiring all of these uh, along with the uh, production people that are so necessary for our business. What challenges do you have running that business today that maybe weren't present 15 or 20 years ago? Some of the same challenges go on. We're a family-owned and operated business, so we have three generations of our family uh, working in the business. My father, who founded the company, died last July at 89 years old, a very full life. We would have liked it to be an even fuller and longer. My mom still comes into work every day and uh, uh, watches things as well. We're in the top three bin companies of the world and our other two uh, competitors in the top three, one's owned by Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett and the other is owned by Agco, the big tractor company. So we are against the big boys. We like to think that we are 
more nimble and flexible and closer to our customers and the farm touch. Well, a big challenge, more so in the last 15 years, has been employment, getting good employees and people there. We've got a terrific bunch of employees. Um, the farm income thing, you know, we go through cycles and we saw a real golden period after 2008 and the boom of ethanol. It's a good sign now that EPA has allowed E15 year-round and during the summer to help corn production here. So um, the challenges are keep moving to the future, being competitive. Our, our company focuses on value. We're not going to be the lowest price one out there. There's always somebody that can kind of cheapen things one way or shortcut on the, the service. And you certainly can't be the most expensive. Our philosophy is to give the best bang for the buck. And we do that particularly with our innovation, with our patents. We have over 80 patents. We got into the bin business and everybody said, why are you getting into that old industry? And we've got about 10 different patents on grain bins, new ideas, new features, new benefits on things. So we really trying to add our specific touch and our uh, innovation uh, to the products to get uh, better value for the farmers. Charles Sukup is the president of Sukup Manufacturing. More information about the company is online at sukup.com, S-U-K-U-P dot com. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. Next week, we'll hear about a group that makes all businesses stronger through promoting women's leadership. And we'll introduce you to a business that has been growing with its members, literally, for a full century. That and more next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Apple, and Google. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, sponsors of the Taking Care of Business Conference in Cedar Rapids in June. Follow ABI on Twitter at IowaABI and online at iowaabi.org.